0: You're listening to Following the Way, a podcast devoted to the examination of Scripture and Christ-centered practices to help us live in devotion to the way of Jesus. Hello everyone. It's so good to be together once again and uh, glad that you could join us. We are having an incredible week of weather right now, some beautiful temps and uh, it's just so encouraging to be able to get outside and, and such a wonderful blessing to experience all that God has given to us. We've been, for the last several podcasts, uh, I've been going through some various accounts of the Gospel of John and I want to go back to that uh, today to John 9. And you know, John has an incredible way in his Gospels of where a lot of the other Gospel writers, where they provide a lot of details um of many events, but there's more of a wide angle sort of perspective. Whereas John, uh, he doesn't have nearly as m- many accounts in his gospel, but the ones that he does have have so much detail as to what happened. And so, John 9 is an entire chapter dedicated to this one encounter that Jesus has. And it says at the beginning of John 9 that as him and his disciples were passing by, they were on the road, they saw a man born. Uh, blind from birth. And the disciples asked Jesus, they say, was it this man or his parents who sinned so that he was born blind? And Jesus answers them. He says, it wasn't that this man sinned. It wasn't that his parents sinned. It was so that the works of God might be displayed in him. Now, just some context for us. Why would the disciples ask a question like this? And it was because the rabbis of the day, they taught that if someone had an illness or uh, was sick or had been born sick, or with a deformity, or born blind. It was because of sin, either in themselves or in their parents, and that's why they had these conditions. And so, the disciples, we don't, and we we never really get uh, an idea of what their intentions were. They were asking a question, but they obviously they wanted to know. And Jesus says, "Actually, it's neither." Which would have really, really shaken the disciples. They would have went. Oh, hold on a second! You're you're not that that's not what everyone else says, and I also find it interesting that you know where there's so many accounts of people pursuing Jesus and coming after him and being desperate and full of desperation for healing, and this man isn't. We we don't really know actually at this point uh, what's all going on with him, but. He's just, he's there. He's not the one in pursuit of Jesus. In fact, it's this question from the disciples that then initiates Jesus, as far as we know, initiates Jesus to perform this healing for him. And so he says, having said these things, well, and I should back up actually, because he doesn't just say that, he doesn't just talk about the healing and so that the works of God might be displayed. He says, we must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Again, incredible when as Jesus is, he's making a, a very specific point here. He's talking about I am the light of the world. And what is this man? He's in darkness. Physically, he's in darkness, but he's also spiritually in darkness, And so having said these things, he spit on the ground and made mud with the saliva. It's so interesting where, you know, so many people have come to Jesus and they will simply touch him or he'll touch them, or he'll simply say a word and they're healed or a demon is cast out. But here, Jesus does something so peculiar and so strange. He gets down into the dirt and he spits, and I'm assuming it's a fair bit of saliva. So, because he made a bu- enough mud to put on the guy's eyes, although we're not totally sure. But, but regardless, it's weird. It's 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 not something that we would expect to read. It's not the normal way that Jesus went around healing people. And then he says to him, "Go, go and wash in the pool of Siloam." And so it says that this man went and washed and came back seeing, and the neighbors. Then and those who had seen him as a beggar, so now we learn that he was a beggar. Were saying, "Is this not the man who used to sit and beg?" And some said, "Yeah, it is." He and then others said, "No, no, it's not. But but it's he is like him." So again, there there was a there was enough of a change that some were saying, "Yeah, yeah, no, that's this guy." And he, and others were like, "No, it can't be him because look what's happened." And in the midst of it, the guy who's healed he's saying, "I am the man." And so they. He said to him, well, then how, how were your eyes opened? And he said, well, the man called Jesus made He had put it on my eyes, anointed my eyes and said to me, go and wash in the pool of Siloam. And I went and received my sight. That's it. Simple as that. And they said to him, okay, so where is he? And he's said, I, I don't know. And so obviously this was, this was, I mean, this is an amazing event. It is an amazing event. And so they brought to the Pharisee, they brought this man to the Pharisees who had been blind. Now, maybe one of the reasons they brought him to the Pharisees is it says, now it was a Sabbath day when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes. Uh-oh, like big, big mistake. Jesus, he had a habit of doing this where he would heal people on the Sabbath. Big no-no with the Jews. You don't heal on the Sabbath because if you're healing on the Sabbath, that's work. And therefore you're, you're sinning. But he healed the guy. So how does that work? And so that's, the Pharisees are going, well, how did you receive your sight? And so he tells them what happened. And some of the Pharisees, they say, no, this man's not from God because he didn't keep the Sabbath. And others said, well, how how can a man who's a sinner do such signs? And so then there's division among them. There's division among the people. There's division among the Jewish, the religious leaders. And they say to the man, well, what do you, what do you say about him? Who do you say that he is? And he says, well, he's a prophet. Which, again, so now we know that this man, he's been healed by Jesus, but he doesn't see Jesus in the fullness of who he actually is. He's like, yeah, he's a good dude, does good things, he healed me, he's a prophet. That's, I mean, that's, that's great. But he's not saying at this point he's the Messiah, he's the Son, son of God, none of that. Now, it says then that the, the Jewish, the religious, they didn't believe he'd been born blind. They didn't actually believe that he had received his sight. Well, how could he have received it? How could he have been healed? Because the guy who healed him was a sinner. So no, no, he actually wasn't healed. He never was blind. So they go to his parents and they say, is this your son who was born blind? And how does he now see? And his parents says they answer, we know this is our son. We know he's born blind. So they, they admit, they say, yep, yeah, no, this is him for sure. But then they say, but how he now sees, we do not know, nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him. He's of age. He will speak for himself. And then it says in verse 22 in brackets, John is explaining the context of what's going on. He says, his parents said these things because they feared the Jews for the Jews had already agreed that if anyone should testify, sorry, if anyone should confess Jesus to be the Christ he was to be put out of the synagogue. Therefore, his parents said, he's of age, ask him. So do we see what's going on here? His parents know what happened. They know that it was Jesus. They know they know who did it. They don't want to admit it because it will affect their place in society. It will affect who they are in the community. They'll be put out of the synagogue, which... The life life revolved around the synagogue. It revolved around being in good standing with the religious leaders of the day. And they would have become outcasts. They would have become, oh, those people who, who, oh, they believe in, oh, yeah, did you hear? It's that sort of thing that's going on. And so what we see here is clearly there's a differentiation between when the man who was healed was brought to the religious leaders. He is not shy about admitting what happened. His parents, on the other hand, do not want to admit to what they know. And it's because they fear losing status and who they are. And so then it goes on. John just, you know, it's, it's like so many great details. He he just digs into the story. The second time they go to this man Because they want to figure out, the religious leaders, what is going on. And they said to him, give glory to God, meaning you better tell the truth. You better tell us everything you know, for we know that this man is a sinner. So why? Well, because he healed you on the Sabbath. So obviously he's a sinner. And he answered, whether he is a sinner, I do not know one thing. I do know that though I was blind, now I see. And they said to him, well, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? And he's like, look, I already answered you that question. Why why are you asking me the same question again? I already told you that. So why are you asking again? Do you want to become his disciples? And so we can see now that the blind man, he's actually, he's going on the offensive with the religious leaders. There's just, there's no timidity in him declaring what Jesus has done. And then they get into this argument where the religious leaders say, oh, are you his disciple? We're disciples of Moses. And goes back and forth. And then the man, even he, he even doubles down and he says, this is amazing. You don't know where he comes from. And yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, God listens to him. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a man born blind? If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. So the blind man is saying, look, you're saying he didn't do this. You're saying, how could he? He's a sinner, but we know that he did this and therefore it doesn't add up what you're saying and confronted with the questions that needed to be asked. These were the questions that needed to be put before them. And it was because of the boldness of this man The religious leaders say, they they resort to utter judgment. They say, you were born in utter sin and you would teach us and they cast him out. They were basically saying, we know who you are. We know who you've always been. You're a beggar who was born blind. How dare you, you know, bring up this to us. How dare you speak the truth and expose us. You're out. And it says in verse 35, and this is just so incredible. Jesus heard that they had cast him out. Now it doesn't say this, but I, you know, knowing the character of Jesus, Jesus he cared for this man. He'd healed him but he, and he cared for him. And having found him, he said, "Do you believe in the Son of Man?" And he answered, "And who is he, sir, that I may believe in him?" And so the way that that we we read this in the text, it's not that he's doubting what Jesus is saying. I think he's actually asking an honest question that is full of seeking and desire. And Jesus said to him, you have seen him and it is he who's speaking to you. And he said, the man said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. And so we see now there's been an incredible change that has happened in this man through this encounter where initially he wasn't even seeking Jesus he was sitting on the roadside when Jesus reaches out to him. He goes to then midway through the, the account saying, "He's a prophet, he's a good dude to now no you're the Messiah. You are the son of God. You are you are him and he worships him. He actually surrenders and worships him. Worships him, which is is just it's a profound progression what happens here with this man. And what we see is that his willingness to be identified with Jesus was the catalyst for Jesus revealing more of himself to him. When we pursue Jesus, when we stand for Jesus, we can be certain that Jesus will reveal more of himself to us. It's amazing. It's, a, it's incredible what Jesus does to him here. And so this is where we see this question of, How are we going to testify to Jesus in our lives? Is it going to be with the boldness of this man or is it going to be with the timidity of his parents who didn't want to admit what they knew for fear of how it would impact the comfort of their lives? You know, and I I find it interesting when I think about this, when the disciples asked Jesus, you know, who sinned? Was it this man or his parents that he was born blind? The truth is that when we talk about sin and when we talk about Jesus coming in as the light of the world, and now this man sees all of us, we are all with sin. None of us are without sin, the Bible says. And yet Jesus, without sin, identified with us, died for us, gave himself up for us in order that we might know him and have fellowship with his Father in heaven. And so it's a thought-provoking and challenging Reminder to us of, in light of that, in light of this, man, and in light of what Jesus has done for us, because none of us are without sin when it comes to our spiritual condition, how will I testify to what Jesus has done for me in my life? Will I testify with boldness? Will I give an account of who Jesus is and what he's done for me? Or will I be more concerned with my comfort and what my social standing, or any of that stuff where testifying to Jesus could put into question what I have. That's thought provoking. And that challenges me. And it's an amazing account here. But the incredible promise and the incredible truth is The way that Jesus responds to this man. He came to him when he heard what had happened to him. Jesus didn't leave him. Jesus came and said, he recognized what this man had done. He recognized and in that, he reveals himself to this man as clearly as he revealed himself to anyone in any of the gospels. That is who Jesus is. What an amazing, amazing account Of our Lord and our Savior, and so may you testify with Jesus today as you go forth today and this week. May you stand for Jesus and what He has done for you, and may you not in any way be timid, but rather you respond in boldness in light of what Jesus has done. Amen. Be blessed, my friends. We'll see you again.